there's no backing up. This is all straightforward. I you like know? It. And, yeah, that's and good. As a, as a leader, my motto with my people was always, you know, your, your, your world is only as big as you make it. You know, so mm-hmm. I always loved the uh, Da Vinci's, you know, the, the sort of guy right, in the bubble. Right, but I, right, I always right. saw it as a leader. It's more of a, a 360 degree bubble. Like your job, right. if you're really good at your job, you're pushing the boundaries in all, all directions. No doubt about it. I think the people who, who are willing to let the job sort of shrink down to them right. are the ones that aren't ultimately successful. Hi, it's Eric Weir. Welcome to another episode of Stuttering Your Way to Success with my guest, Michael Grazier, who was one of the early on or founders of House of Blues, right? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Tell me about the House of Blues. Uh, yeah, so the House of Blues uh, was the brainchild of Isaac Tigret. Isaac, uh, at 23, with Peter Morton, had co-founded the Hard Rock Cafe in London in 1971. Right. So you can imagine in 1971, uh, to be 23 years old and have the hottest restaurant on the planet... Yeah. In a time where a little Lord so-and-so would be sitting next to a butcher, sitting next to a baker, <laughs> yeah. who was sitting next to Jimi Hendrix. It just didn't exist anywhere in the world. Right, 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 first, right, right. First That's time. Exciting. So uh, he sold his half of the House of Blues, and uh, I'd work my way up. I went out and ran some nightclubs, and then he started up House of Blues, and he hired me to be the GM and director of training. So from wow. there, you know, we started our path to world conquest. Training, what's that like? I mean, how, how do you train people for the House of Blues? Is, is it communicating the brand? How do you re- represent yeah, us, the it, history? Or Yeah, it's a brand and culture uh, endeavor. Yeah. You know, I think with Isaac, Isaac was a tremendous storyteller, found ways to, to weave uh, human values into the business. Love, peace, truth, righteousness, and nonviolence were all part of the uh, mission statement. And so, uh, you know, with us, then our job was to find ways to incorporate that into the training, mm-hmm. you know, and, and create touch points and storytelling around it. Right, right. You know, Isaac was great on mythology and great on this over-the-top kind of uh, personality. Mm-hmm. And so it was important for us to sort of harness that, you know, kind of push some of the maybe a little the darker side away. Right. And really uh, embrace, uh, you know, em- embrace the values. And I think uh, sure, sure. we did a good job with that. Well, fantastic. fantastic. So, so, so how, how, how many locations did the House of Blues have at one point? Uh, we were up to 13. I think there's 12 now. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah Live Nation owns it and, mm-hmm. and is keeping it, uh, keeping it going, keeping it rolling. And Live Nation, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They're, they're ticket sales, everything else like that. So, so, so how does that work? So Live Nation merged with Ticketmaster, I think, about 15 years ago. Right. You know, it was about uh, three years after they purchased us at mm-hmm. the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been an interesting model. It's been in the news a lot. You know, personally, I think uh, as a guy who has a little bit of inside knowledge that it's, it's sort of misplayed in the media and misunderstood sure. in Congress. Right, you know? right. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but it's been a, it was a great company to work for. Michael Rapino, the CEO, is brilliant. Oh, wow, wow. So, so what's on the docket for you now? So, uh, you know, I, I walked away from uh, my career with Live Nation to, uh, to build a club in Greenville, South Carolina. Really? Tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, I have a lease over on 401 Red Street, right uh, over by the ballpark, right behind mm-hmm. the cigar warehouse. And uh, I want to do a House of Blues 2.0. I want to build, a, or I'm building a 1,700 capacity music hall with a 400 capacity small room, a membership club, VIP club in the middle. Oh, wow. And then a great outdoor space uh, as well. And, uh, you know, just as a, as a guy 
in the business. I was working in Charlotte and working in Atlanta, and that's how I first found Greenville. Okay, uh, you drive right right, right through it, right through it, right through it. Right through right. it. One of right. one of uh, one of the great marketing people in, in, that I know, John Canada, said you need to stop and check this place out. And I did, and I fell in love with it right away. Oh, really? Okay. And then I started looking between, uh, you know, I'd, I'd built the uh, Charlotte Fillmore and mm-hmm. the uh, Underground, the smaller club, 1100 Cap Club in, mm-hmm. in Charlotte. And I had a long history with the Tabernacle and Buckhead Theater and the Roxy. And I started looking. Okay. There was over 700 unique bands that were just driving right by Greenville on 85 between those three clu- or five clubs. Oh, my word. So the idea that, um, you know, Greenville is, is a, it needs a club. It's always been part of the city charter. Mm-hmm. Very excited about what the Peace Center folks are doing. I think uh, the more the merrier, you know. But if they do what I think they're going to do, mm-hmm. and we do what we're going to do, we're going to add, we're going to improve the ticket sales in this marketplace by at least 140 percent oh, versus wow. where it's at. Wow. We should deliver at least 125,000 paid tickets, and and I'm I'm guessing there'll be somewhere between 80 and 100 as well. Gee, the market last year as a whole only yeah. sold a half a million tickets. Wow. So we're talking about 200,000 plus. So, so how, does, how, how does music impact culture, or how does culture impact music? I mean, is Yeah, it- I think it's a, it's a yin and a yang, I think, right, you know, right. together, I, I believe. I think, uh, uh, was it, I think it was Da Vinci that talked about, you know, important part of city planning was actually, you know, music was a very important part. Yeah. I know it's important to you, too. Sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, just as a, as a fan of Jet, uh, you yeah. know, I've been touring the country trying to find the next Jet play. So, there you, you go, know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I know, but excited to be here. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think music uh, it helps bring culture to light. I think it also uh, helps sort of point a direction for where society is going. Um, and it, at the end of the day, at a minimum, it's very entertaining. Yeah, no uh, doubt about it. We all need to be entertained. So w- w- with COVID, and that's the reason I, I wrote the book, Who's Eating Your Pie? Now we're doing the, the 30,000 Entrepreneurial Challenge to encourage people to get out and sh- take risk and sh- try things. But but COVID really, you saw a lot of depression, separ- separation, separation anxiety, uh, fearfulness, et cetera. And, and, I mean, how did COVID affect entertainment? I mean, it was just – it just – I mean, in your words, I mean, I know Live Nation was pretty much shut down, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, and then does it, is it stronger now? Is it different now? Is it morphed? I mean, how, how is it different pre post COVID? And well, know. I think I think COVID really brought to light how important entertainment is to the to our society and to yeah. our culture. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, at that point, uh, still being in Live Nation, you know, we were rolling into the amphitheater season in April, right, when right. everything got shut down. And so the the season was booked. Most of the tickets were already sold. And uh, because of the shutdown, we went back to the people and said, "Hey, do you want do you want to hold on to your tickets, or do you want your money back?" And eighty four percent of the people who had have had money in the Ticketmaster their Ticketmaster account with their tickets chose to leave it. And, and uh, we'll keep the tickets. We'll wait for the show to play oh, off. No, I would never have guessed that. Yeah, well, so, you probably wouldn't have either, right? No, no, we're shocked to hear that. But yeah. I think you know that was just another example where uh, Michael Rapino, in my mind. Uh, really sort of took the information and found a way to communicate it to people. Right. So uh, believe it or not, you know, the stock price for Live Nation shot up during the pandemic, partly because of the fact that people now realized how important music was to society yeah. and the fact that they couldn't wait for it to come back. And they'd rather, yeah. they'd rather have the tickets than have the money back. Yeah, I don't know where it is trading today, but I remember seeing it at $38 at one point. I remember seeing it a lot higher, and I'm like, wow. And it, the pandemic was still ongoing, right? Yeah, yeah. And it went down, down, down with it, and then I guess it, it, it came back. So it's just it's sort of its dream. That's great. Um, 
So if 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 you're maybe you're, you're obviously you're entrepreneurial, uh, if you could go back and talk to your younger self with all the you know scrapes and successes and setbacks you've had, what, what advice would you would you give yourself? I think uh, there's a couple things. I think we're all smarter than we think we are. In most, yeah. in most cases, yeah. you know, there are always some people who would think they're smarter than they actually are. Yeah. But generally speaking, you know, I think we're all more capable of doing more than we think we can yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing would have been, hey, you need to buy and build something. You know, right. I, right. I was a you know I was a corporate guy my whole career. Mm-hmm. You know, embraced the role, and I was always the out of the box corporate guy. Right. You know, kind of a rebel and entrepreneur entrepreneurial clothes. Now, uh, now, now when, when you're a corporate guy, I love it. You're definitely the coolest dress guest I've ever had. I mean, we've got a guitar here. You're looking like that. I feel like so like not cool. <laughs> so, so, so Wait a minute. Great. You're the guy with the show though. Yeah, so you're doing right. okay. So, you know, okay, okay, I defer okay. to you, my esteemed okay. colleague. Okay. Okay. Well, it looks fantastic. So, so, so I, I, I think I want a job where I, I, I go, go to work like that. So that's exciting, right? So yeah. how do you find bands? I mean, how do you find bands? I mean, what do you do to find music? How do you staff? I and mean, everyone I talk to you said, "Boy, it's so hard to f- find quality people today." And you know, how, how do you do that? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think historically for us, people like to be in the business, you mm-hmm. know, in the entertainment space, because yeah. uh, it's very, you know, it's exciting. Uh, it's different every day. Mm-hmm. You're not selling the same guacamole or tires or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So any given day, the, the, the environment is dramatically different based on the artists that come to town and the audience that come okay. with them. Uh, also, I think we're, we tend to be an industry where people who don't know what to do, they'll at least come here. Right, you know, right. And hopefully they'll find something. Yeah, yeah. And that was an important part of our House of Blues culture. We okay. always wanted to be a stepping stone, whether it was to something better inside the company or outside the company. Okay. It was important to us that, you know, you learned something, you took something from this place. Right. And hopefully uh, put yourself in a better position. When you have, like, hundreds of bands come through a year, is the stage the same every time or do you change the stage for the band? Uh, it's a little bit of both, you know, at, at 1700 capacity, mm-hmm. you know, bands will have a certain setup that they want. I see. Okay. You know, so you, we might have one riser for a drummer. They may have two drummers. So then we need two risers, okay. right? They, gotcha. They may gotcha. have a B3, you know, Hammond organ player, mm-hmm. you know, so they're going to require something different than what, uh, you know, what a spoken word artist might do. Okay. Okay. What's your focal point now? Uh, I'm, I'm right in the middle of the raise right mm-hmm. now. You know, we're actually doing a launch with Vicinity Capital. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a pretty good chunk of our money already, but Vicinity is a great uh, aggregator of mm-hmm. local uh, potential investors, mm-hmm. people who aren't accredited investors, people who might want to invest $1,000, might want to invest $100,000, uh, but they aggregate them and bring them as one investor into into our business. And I think for us to be as successful as I think we should be, we need to be a community asset. We need to be partners with the community. They need to feel like they have some ownership in this place too. So um, it was not part of the original plan, Mm -hmm. but I think in meeting these guys and understanding what they do, it became really important to me Mm. in terms of how we position this in the marketplace. Yeah, well, it's probably nice. I imagine if people have buy-in, they're probably more likely to go and attend and be supportive and put on their social media and all that stuff. Yep. Sure. So, so uh, your 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 new entity. What's the name of it? True Line. True Line. And when when you're when you're open as a, as a True Line, I mean, how many employees will we have as opposed to like like a House of Blues? It'll be uh, it'll be a little similar. We're not going to do the full blown restaurant. Right. We'll have food, but we're focused more on the uh, 
artist fan okay. experience mm-hmm. and uh, and the bars. Um, but we'll have probably 200 people on the schedule. We'll mm-hmm. have 18, 20 salaried managers mm-hmm. uh, when we really are, are humming. On any given night, we'll probably have 100 people working. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in a perfect world, we'll have about 2,500 people coming downtown to you know to party wow. and hang out. So big difference on an everyday sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm busy on the weekends. I'm sure, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But yeah. we're 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 expecting to do about 350 events a year. Good night. Uh, between the small room, the big room, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's not counting even being open outside. That's just shows. That's just shows. Wow. Yeah. Well, we have food, we we have food trucks or anything outside. Or yeah, yeah, we're setting up to have food trucks as well, so they can plug in and be part of the experience. I think every audience deserves a little more nuanced thought to mm-hmm. what they're mm-hmm. what they want. Mm-hmm. So uh, we want to be in a position where we can adapt easily and quickly, you know, as a business for the audience and the and the artists at hand. What's it like when you're trying to launch now? Like post-COVID, people are, are probably more nervous. Interest rates are, are rising, and people are scared of inflation. Banks are failing. I mean, what's it like? Uh, you know, it's, it's been really interesting. Yeah. I, I, if I could talk to my earlier self, <laughs> yeah. you know, I would have said, hey, learn this a little bit sooner. Right. You right, know, I mean, because right. this is uh, this part of uh, what I'm going through right now is a first for me. You know, right, I, right. I've been a corporate guy, so you know there are a lot of resources available within the corporation. Sure. Even when we started House of Blues, we still had twenty-five people of you know varying uh, specialties in the right in in the business. So, um, but it's exciting. Uh, on the other hand, and it's mm-hmm. also something where I keep reminding myself: there's no backing up. This is all straightforward. I you like know? It. And, yeah, that's and good. As a as a leader, my motto with my people was always. You know your 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 world is only as big as you make it, you know. So mm-hmm. I always love the uh, 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 Da Vinci's, you know, the, the sort of the guy right, in the bubble. Right, but I, right, I always right. saw it as a leader. It's more of a, a 360 degree bubble. Like your job, right. if you're really good at your job, you're pushing the boundaries in all, all direction. Around. No doubt about it. I think the people who who are willing to let the job sort of shrink down to them. Right. Are the ones that aren't ultimately successful. That's true. That's true. So when I have people on the show, I always love to talk about you know on sitting way to success. We talk about setbacks, and oftentimes during setbacks, there's a there's a thought, man, this is hard, or it's it's always going to be hard if I find or, or I want to quit. Have you ever gotten to the point where you're like I'm done, I'm out of here, I, I want to quit, and you're like oh well, you know you stop and you and you change your mind. If so, what was that like, and 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 what did you learn in the process? Yeah, I think. Um you know, early in, in my House of Blues career, mm-hmm. um, I became a believer that the foundation rooms, which was the membership club, uh, private membership club that we had within House of Blues, um, I started to, to learn that, you know, I think New Orleans can support it. And uh, I was talking with Doug earlier just about Mardi Gras, you know, and so I'd been through mm-hmm. a couple Mardi Gras mm-hmm. in New Orleans where there's, I don't know, 20,000 people that are spending somewhere between four and 10 grand to, to get on a float and buy up beads and just throw Whoa, beads for right, hours in right, costume right, and then go right, to a ball afterwards. Right, 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 right. So I, start, I, I started to realize, I think I can sell $500, $2,000 memberships, you right. know, in this market. That's what I should Okay. So, okay. You know? And, and if, you're, if you're a member, if, 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 if I want to be a member, it sounds fantastic. How do I learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, we're, we're going to be posting some stuff here uh, very shortly. I think by the time this airs, you know, okay. you'll have all of our, all of our goodies. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I think uh, – you know, we'll we'll have it up, and I'm Michael Grozier, G R O Z I E R. I'm on LinkedIn. People can find me there. And, okay, uh, and there'll be more links to what we're doing for sure. 
Great. How's entertainment changing now? We're, we're involved in, in Top Golf, and we're, we're seeing some things change there. How do you see it changing? Uh, well, it, there's been a variety of changes. I think first, uh, post-pandemic, there were two significant changes. Mm-hmm. I think one just um, <laughs> uh, going to cashless uh, oh, wow. business. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, per caps went up about 15%. And then people coming out in the beginning of the pandemic also were tended to be a little more of the party folk. You know, okay. people who were conservative weren't coming out yet. Yeah, that's right. That you makes know, sense. Yeah, they're, 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 they were concerned yeah. about their safe safety. They were concerned sure. about what was sure. going on. Sure. So, um, so they stayed out. So I think the, the, t- the cashless taking hold, I think, was a big change because it's pretty much everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the efficiencies that come with the business – as well as loss prevention that come with mm-hmm. that are, are significantly uh, changing the business. Product cost is up, though, so prices mm-hmm. prices mm-hmm. are generally much higher than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think uh, the no-show rate, drop count as we call it, you know, is still it's still somewhere between eight and twelve percent, depending on the size of the building. Oh, really? Which is yeah. really surprising because yeah, people yeah. bought the ticket and then chose not to show up. Now, and, and tickets are how much again? Uh, in, in the in the business that we're building here, it'll probably be an average of twenty eight dollars. That's a lot to walk away from for yeah. most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sixty bucks, right? Yeah, plus right. fees and everything right, else. Right, right, right. But um, I think I think there's some of it's the secondary market, you know, where people are hedging their bets or buying tickets that they oh. ultimately can't get rid of. Okay, you okay. know, and uh, and then I think that it is still people who are like, ah, I lost the babysitter, you know. Yeah, or, yeah I can't. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Or is a big thing on TV or yeah. something. Some yeah. movie just opened. They decided they would rather do that. Who are your mentors? Uh, Isaac Tigert is my hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started, as I mentioned earlier, he started House of Blues or Hard Rock at 23. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, started House of Blues. He would have been in like early 40s uh, mm-hmm. at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I, I was always a creative person and didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You oh, know? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until I was about 30 that I threw a bunch of Myers-Briggs tests. Right, and, right. You know, all the things you get in a corporation. Yeah. Where I started to learn that, you know. I really hate this job, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that, you know, yeah. also my strength and my skills are not sort of crazy ideas in my mind. It's actually a skill. It's, right. it's, it's, it's whatever right. gifts that I was given. Right. You know, creativity w- was one of them. And I, I always saw creativity as something like you needed to be able to, to paint an apple to scale or, or you know, right. or, or draw a hand. Oh, that's a good like, point. Yeah. I, I always yeah, saw yeah. art, you know, sort of differently. Yeah. And, right. Um, right. But with House of Blues and outsider art and folk art, yeah. which is mostly self-taught artists and the yeah. fact that people can make a living at that, you know. Nice. Uh, And in most cases with the outsider art and folk art, they were doing it more because they had to create. They had to do something. Right. You know, they were compelled in some way, shape or form to to create. So for me, that was like another sort of eye opener. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Isaac was always very big about unity and diversity and take time to be kind. And a lot of these phrases, um, but when you actually sort of lean into it and try to live by it, you know, they're they're really good. Um, Right. One of the early things, though, sort of mistakes, I, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was, you know, um, um, open-minded and accepting mm-hmm. and things like that. And I had this one troublesome waitress one time that, you know, <laughs> got burned by uh, these uh, hibachis that we used to carry around. You oh, know? wow. And she had a, you know, she had a blister on her forearm that was about a, a quarter, you right. know, sized. 
and I just was like, I was so over her and I was just, right. you know, like enough. Oh, it's a, you know, I've broken seven bones. Like this right, is a blister. Right, like, right, knock it off. Right. But then you start, you know, then it hit me that, um, you know, Unity University is also accepting people who can't take pain. Right. You know, right, right, just because right. you can take pain doesn't make you a better person. Right. It just means you can take pain. <laughs> right, you right, know? right, right. So there's a lot of things like that that were like really profound lessons for me That's as a leader. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. If, if, if someone's listening to this show and they're like, man, this sounds like super interesting. Maybe I'm even a corporate job and I'm creative and I really want to do something artistic and I want to do, I mean, what advice would you have for, for somebody like that? I think take the plunge. Yeah. You know, take the plunge. I mean, it, it gets hard. I think when you, when you get married and then you have a family and you know, you've got to take care of people. Uh, but I think when you're young, try it all, sample mm-hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I tell people who maybe are young don't wait for the perfect job. You right. can't climb a ladder till you get on the ladder. Oh, so, that's a good point. Wow. So whether, that's a very good point. <laughs> whether you're one rung below where you think you ought to be, mm-hmm. you're better off on the ladder than not on the ladder waiting for that rung to open up. No, no doubt about it. So, so when you set goals, I mean, obviously you, you've given us a lot of thought. So how, how, are, there, are there a process you go through or you start with a dream and try to work your way back? Or, or what do you try uh, to do? Yeah, dream, dream's a big part of it. Um, and then Michael Rapino, who I mentioned earlier, the CEO of Live Nation, one time he told me, if you can't count it, it doesn't matter. Okay. And so, you know, often we all deal with people who say, you know, how are things going? Great. Okay, what does that mean? Great versus yesterday? Great as it relates to your budget? Great mm-hmm. versus relate to where you're going with your life? Mm-hmm. You know, and so whether it's customer service scores, which you can get aggregations of, of Yelp and you know, all the other uh, mm-hmm. things out there, and mm-hmm. you, that gives you something to compare to. And 4.5 is better than 4.3. Sure, 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 sure. So, uh, so to say service is great, and then you know you have sort of a, a, a tale of issues within your, your review scores, mm-hmm. now you know you can, there's something you can do about it. Right. Same thing with budgets, same thing uh, with making money. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a little, little bit of science, a little bit of alchemy, a little sure. bit of good fortune, sure. and a lot of hard work. Sure. You know, goes into it. How about if you're how about if you're 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 at home now and you're thinking, man, I want to, I don't want to be in the business. I want to be I want to be on stage. I want to be a, a, a band member. I mean, any advice for for people who want to be in a band? And then how how do you give people exposure? And I mean, if somebody decides to to play there, or I mean, I mean, what's the process of going from your garage to a to a venue like yours to a stadium? Yeah. Well, I, I would. I've always. I always suggest to people. I think one. Don't be afraid of playing covers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason why those songs were great. Mm-hmm. You know, they they resonated with people. And I, I tell a lot of the young young kids that are coming out. Don't be afraid to play those songs. Don't be afraid to play songs of your heroes. Because at the end of the day, if you know, if, if I like Eric Clapton, and you play an Eric Clapton song, I'm going to go. Oh, he likes Eric Clapton. I like Eric Clapton. Right. Interesting. I think I like him. You okay. know, and so, sure, yeah, sure, because sure. you're trying to build some sort of affinity, right? Okay. Somewhere along yeah, the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you may have a lot of great, uh, you know, unique material, mm-hmm. but you still have to hook people. Mm-hmm. So that's one piece. So I think, you know, don't be afraid to play covers. Share with, share with potential fans who your inspirations are, who matters to you. Who, who doesn't necessarily, you don't have to love the artist, but if you love the song, mm-hmm. you know, that's something you can talk about and share sure. with people. Sure. And then the second thing is you got to play. You know, okay. you, can, you can't, you know, you just can't walk out on a stage and you've been on stage, mm-hmm. you, you know, like 
how you were your first show versus how you were, say, your 20th show. Oh, very different. Very different. Yeah. So if you get an opportunity to put 200 shows on the, up, you're going to learn a lot, you know, yeah, about yeah, 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 how yeah, to motivate yeah. an audience. You know, what do I want to present as an artist? Right, right. You know, uh, who are my fans? Who's showing up for these shows? And what are they, yeah. what are they looking for from me? Sure. You know, and how do I not pander? while still kind of keeping my artistic integrity, I think is a... Is that's, a that's key. That's yeah. key. That's key. I, I hear so many talk about the... And they're really a new artist. So they just want to play their own things, like you're saying. But I don't know that they have a sound that's, 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 uh, that's largely accepted. So what you're yep. saying, makes, maybe that makes a lot of sense. Um, we have comedy acts or, or, or just music? Oh, no, we'll do comedy, too. Okay. Comedy, comedy's, comedy's never been bigger, and I, I think yeah. to, to a large yeah. degree it's because people want to laugh right now. They want right. to think right. or not think in some cases, right. you know, just, right. just enjoy. Right, right. So, so. Will, will that be a different? Are, 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 are tickets a different cost for, for comedy or versus music? Are they all about the same? Uh, it varies. I mean, yeah. the artist drives the ticket price. What, mm-hmm. what it costs to get the artist into your town. Um, you know, in the industry, the artist generally walks with somewhere between 80 and mm-hmm. 100% of the door. Sure. That's if you sell most of the tickets. Oh, no, what, that much, really? Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. And if you don't sell all the tickets. That's bad, right? Yeah, you, you, can, lose, you can lose a lot of money quickly. Wow. <laughs> How much is food? How much is, 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 is door? How much is, is it, not like dollars, but, but in, in, in yeah, percentages? Yeah, in percentages, you know, ticketing is probably about 35% of the business, okay. but it's a, you know, it's a low margin business, yeah. you know, right. so it's really, you make your money in alcohol, special mm-hmm. events, and any kind of upgrades that you can create that enhance the fan experience that somebody's going to go, oh, I'll pay 20 bucks for that, or I'll sure. pay 40 bucks for that. Uh, so you want to you want to you want to be and your customer. And, so clothing and all that stuff for the bands, yeah. That nature. Okay, great. What motivates you now? Uh, you know, I, I feel like this is my Sistine Chapel. Was I, I, oh, that I, right? Yeah, okay. I love the building. Uh, I love the market. Everybody I meet has been extraordinary. You know, and very pro this mm-hmm. this uh, need uh, in the community. And uh, and I feel like this is my opportunity to take. 30 years of learning and put it all in one place. Oh, that's fantastic. That's so that fantastic. gets me very excited. I bet. As far as job creation, I mean, you're, you're going to have a, a, a ton of workers there, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fantastic. And and, and, and where do you see your, yourself going over the, next, over the next five years? Is this a one venue and you're done? Or are you expecting to do more of these? Or what yeah, do you, we want to build a, a, a small you know, uh, portfolio, four, five, six buildings. So we have some other cities. My partner has some land in Columbus, mm-hmm. uh, another great American ascending city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we, we think there's opportunities in some of the places that have either been underserved or not served at all, oh, wow. you know. Okay. And, and you'd be surprised, you know, a city like Des Moines has a small 800-cap club. They have a, a small theater, 2,200, and then that's, you know, then they have performing arts centers. They don't really have live music venues there until you get up to the arena size. Not, not unlike here. So interesting. So I think, um, you know, I think, I think music is very important to people. I think culturally it's important. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, frankly, there's so many people here on a weekend just walking around looking for something to do after they've seen the falls, after they've, you know, enjoyed the ambiance of the city. Yeah. And I think we can create programming to, to give them another bite at the apple here in Greenville. Yeah. I was talking to a guest earlier today and they were saying there were about 2,500 hotel rooms. And that means there are thousands of people looking looking for things to do all the time. All the time. And, and, and on there's the weekend, more, they're, they're full, usually. There's more on the way, right? Yeah. And there's yeah. more rooms coming, right? Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. And the apartments, and it's, it's, it's a growing town. Uh, 
is is South Carolina? I mean, I, I know you, you want to be here. You're talking about Atlanta and Charlotte, and and you drove through Greenville. You're impressed with the town. Uh, it, it, how unique is 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 the, the Greenville area in, in your view? You travel. Oh my a lot. God! I, you know, it's one of the it's one of the coolest American cities I've been in that isn't like a major market, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Chicago is awesome for what Chicago is, right. and New York's awesome for what New York is, and L.A. same thing. But but Greenville has this sort of Beautiful, healthy environment, mm-hmm. charming, mm-hmm. Uh, physically kind of interesting, nice people. Yeah. Services generally pretty good here. Right. You know, which, you know, you can't say that in every city you go into. No, that's true. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, the fact that uh, we can bring something that the city's been looking for for a long mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. you know, that gets me excited too. Great. You know? You know, looking back at all you all you've accomplished over your life, you know, is is there something that that that, that, that you still want to do, and is there something that that you you want to look back and and be be remembered for? Mm. Uh, you know, I want to be remembered as a good leader. Okay. You know, uh, you know, took care of his people, helped his people grow. Um, I want to run great businesses. That's mm-hmm. always been part of my DNA. You know, right, I think I discovered right. that in my thirties uh, right. or maybe mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I love team sports, you know, and, and I was the goofy jock in high school that, uh, you know, if the teacher needed somebody for guys and dolls, you know, right, I, right. okay, sure. I'll do that too. Uh, so that's great. So the business is kind of a, a great combination of team sports and, and theater, you right. know, on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big believer, you know, be real in the moment, be present, you know, the life is happening right now, you know, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, so I, you know, I try to put that into people and, and, uh, you know, the culture we built with house of blues, uh, I'm still very proud of that. I think if there's anything, sure. I always felt like if Isaac was Jesus, I was John the Baptist, you know, there I, you was, go. I was out there in the bushes, you know, uh, yeah. converting people. That's great. Yeah. What, what, what you said about living, kind of living in the now and enjoying life at those fullest. I was reading something the other day and someone was saying that what I was reading was said most of the pain that people feel in their life is, is, are in their thoughts. Hmm. And most of the things that disturb them or either things they cannot change are things that have not yet happened. Mm. And you think about that, that's, there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, so much truth in that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, something I learned too, probably in the last 15 or 20 years, which I would have appreciated had I learned it 40 years ago, right. was that just because I think something or feel it does right. not necessarily make it the right response in the situation. Sure. I think in the last 20 years, I've had situations where I thought this was the worst thing that could have happened, and it mm. turned out to be the best thing that could have happened. Right. But my initial response, my initial self-conditioning right. response was, oh, this is know, terrible. This right. is terrible. Yeah. And, uh, and if I bite my tongue and let it let that flow downstream just yeah. a little bit more, yeah. I start to see all the bright lights and the great opportunities that this new situation presented. Uh, Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I've heard it so often with COVID, people like, I lost a job or this happened. Or I, I lived in a, in Fayette County, Georgia, and they, when the air traffic controllers went on strike, a lot of them got laid off. Well, it wasn't a good result for everybody, but some of them like founded big businesses and things went, went fantastic for them. It's what you said. It's not always what you think it is. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, um, you take risk, you know, you're, you're stepping out, you're going into the uncharted territories. Um, and you're doing it without absolute certainty. You just, you don't ultimately know, right? You, you yeah, have a faith, that's true. a faith in yourself, a faith that'll happen, a faith, you know, in the universe, universe. Yeah. Faith. You'll just figure it out. Right. You'll yeah, stick yeah. to it. So 
is there in your mind's eye, there may not be a percentage, but but you're never at 100%, right? Mm-hmm. You're not at zero. Mm-hmm. Is it 50? Is it 60? I mean, how likely does it have to be for you to say, like, I'm, I'm going in? Uh, and does in passion, general? And does passion change that? Like, so you're passionate about something. Yeah, if I, if I believe something, I'm face first. I'm, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm taking the plunge, yeah. you know, and, and I believe in this project. I believe in this town. You right. know, I believe, in, I believe in how we do business, you know, and I think uh, – I really believe that we'll be a positive addition mm-hmm. to the market. And, and again, I think, you know, our business and the Peace Center's business, I think Greenville becomes a music town here really quickly. Right. And I think that's going to be something that's going to be very interesting for the market because it hasn't been that case. On one hand, it's a very musical town. On any given Friday or Saturday night, there's almost 50 musicians, unique musicians performing. Wow. I did not know that. That makes yeah. sense. To I me. got yeah. that from John Sterling. Okay. But, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so 50 musicians, whether they're busking, you know, on the street or, or yeah. they're playing at halls in the restaurant right, right. or whatever. So that, that's a lot of working musicians. It is. And then on the other hand, there's a lot of musicians that are waiting to get in the queue, I think, you know, or, yeah. or, uh, or looking for another place to play, another place to get paid. And I think that's the other sort of under, under the covers thing about this, you know, the business that I'm starting. Uh, we'll probably employ... 200 musicians over the course Gee, of a year, yes, maybe more. Yeah. You know, yeah. private parties, mm-hmm. outside on the on the patio, mm-hmm. opening mm-hmm. for other bands. Um, you know, so I, I think over, over the co- course of time, it'll be a lot of folks. And, and then I have some ideas on creating a couple bands, too, that I, I, I want to get into touring. You know, No but, way. Tell me about that. Well, I just think one of the things that uh, coming out of a big company mm-hmm. – you know, we were a little bit more, uh, we're the trucking company that brings the produce from the farm, you know, to the market. Sure. You know, um, but if there's no product, then right. all you got is a bunch of trucks. Right. You right. know, so, um, so from my perspective and, and growing up, you know, playing regionally used to be a really big deal and developing a fan base in a re- region and going from selling 100 tickets to 200 to 500 to 1,000 mm-hmm. uh, requires building an audience and how do you build an audience where well, you got to keep playing mm-hmm. you know so um so that idea coupled with all the great sort of regional uh venues there are you know in this right. within a two or three hour drive right you know is extraordinary so you know can we can we create some sister clubs where hey this band just sold 350 tickets mm-hmm. we'll support them but let's get them into athens and Play the forty oh, wow. watt, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we'll even underwrite it, you know. Yeah, that's uh, or exciting. Invest in the band until mm-hmm. they get to a certain point, and uh, I just think that uh, giving artists an opportunity to be artists is very important. And right. you can't become a great artist in your all by yourself unless you're just painting, right? Right, right, right. So, so you 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 mentioned you're artistic, and I think you're creating a business and creating opportunities for other people. Do do do, do, you, do you play an instrument at all? Or are you no. just excited about? I mean, yeah, I'm excited <clears throat> about music. I mean, I was a bad front man for, uh, oh, yeah. you know, for a few employees. It's better than bands. never being a front man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I learned a lot of things there, <laughs> yeah, you know. Right, right. Dodging yeah. tomatoes, you yeah. know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I learned so, a lot of things. Something learning everything. That's yeah. good. That's good. That's good. Well, thank you so, so, so much. As we prepare to close, I always ask people, are there one, two, three things you, you want to share to somebody out there who's hearing this? Maybe they're frustrated in their job. They, they want to take risk. I mean, what, what steps should they, should they think about? Knowing that hmm. people are in all different places, but you want to make a change in your life. Yeah. What are the things that you, you, you would suggest them to think about? Uh, some of the things I would say at all of our all staff meetings, you yeah. know, if you're, if you're not happy here, mm-hmm. leave. 
Right. You know, you're not doing me a favor by staying, right. you know, and, and we all only have so much sand in our hourglass. Right. So, you know, if, uh, if you're not enjoying your sand as it's running, right. get moving, get out there, right. go do something else, right. you know, um, take a chance. Uh, I think that's one. I think two, believe in yourself. You know, I don't think, I don't think we spend enough time helping people understand their own talents, you know, uh, or helping yeah. them sort of figure out what they're capable of. Sure. Um, cause we're all capable of more. Right. You know? Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, th- I think those are two big things. And I mentioned earlier, you know, get on the ladder. Yeah. Even if it's not the right rung. Yeah. If it's where you want to be. Give it a whirl, right? Yeah. You got to get in, you got to get in the game. Great. Great. Well, that's just fantastic. Well, well, Michael, thank you so much for being on my show. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? It was a good good happening. You know, as a a jet groupie, it was a (laughs) long-time listener, first-time speaker. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us yet again for another episode of Stating Away Success with my friend, Michael Grosier. Thank you. My pleasure.